Time for another Metrospective. Pete McCarthy and Tim Britton. Tim is out. He's on his honeymoon. So we have uh, Rustin Dodd, who's been covering for Tim Britton. And uh, boy, you walked into everything over the course of the last week, Rustin. Yeah, I yeah. My first day, they had uh, the uh, general manager on a hot mic criticizing the uh, the commissioner. And you know, I think Tim. I'm not sure if it's technically his honeymoon. I know he was married, but I think they might be going on the honeymoon later. So I don't want to. I don't want to say this is his honeymoon for sure. It might be, but it might be a mini moon. Have you heard about a mini moon? It's like the the vacation you take when you're not actually going on the honeymoon. The honeymoon's later. I don't know. It might be something like that. He told me he's going to the Jersey Shore, so it's not like a full blown honeymoon. <laughs> and he's getting married again next year uh, to the same the same lady. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, look, everybody's trying to make the best of it right now. So. Uh, so, t- I mean, hopefully they're enjoying the beach, right? Yeah, Watching some sure. Mets games. Lo- lots of baseball action after uh, five games this weekend up in the Bronx, though. It wasn't as fun after Friday. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, the Mets bullpen uh, doing what it does. And they did adjust it and, and bring in Miguel Castro from the uh, the Baltimore Orioles. This trade deadline, which kind of snuck in behind the, the ownership change and some disastrous games and all this kind of stuff. But the Mets were active. And there's a question as to how active they would be. They reacquire Todd Frazier from the Rangers. Uh, they grab Robinson Chirinos to help out behind the plate. And as I mentioned, Castro will be added to their bullpen. Uh, so I guess, first of all, big picture, Rustin. Were there any limitations on Brody Van Wagenen being that he would certainly appear to be a lame duck general manager with this ownership change seemingly only a, a month or so away? Yeah, it's a, it was a good question. And Brody was asked that yesterday. And he said, no, there were no limitations. I mean, he did say going into this that they were not going to trade they did not want to trade from the top of their farm system obviously they've done that in the not so uh, distant past so they weren't wanting to do that but they did want to send a message to the players that hey they're not quitting on this season and they're going to try to get them some help here or there obviously it was kind of at the margins just some sort of targeted needs um, a little bit more right-handed hitting obviously some help in the bullpen um, but Brody said it was that, that there was no, you know, stipulation from ownership to to not to not do anything just because, you know, there, he might have a new boss coming in soon. And he said it was kind of business as usual. They wanted to keep with the same kind of uh, business model is the word he used um, that they've used the last few years to to try to win now, but try to think about the future and balance those two things. And um, and, you know, I think they you can you can kind of quibble with what how much impact these moves will have, but they were certainly active, as you said. Yeah, and they needed to make some moves as they wanted to try to be in the mix for the playoffs here. But this year is so odd in that you can watch the Mets day after day and say, this is a bad baseball team. They're not very good. But then you look at the standings and they're right there. And that's because, look, you have only 60 games in the season, so it's hard to fall that far behind. And then on top of that, more than half the teams are making it into the postseason. So suddenly it doesn't look so brazen to say make up a few games on the Miami Marlins from now to the end of the year. So it's it, it's difficult. It's tricky because a lot of fans, I think, didn't want to see the Mets do anything because this team's not very good. But, hey, if you get in as that eight seed, you still have a shot. Well, you play a, a best of three series that'll be in the road ballpark, fine. And if it's not a neutral uh, site anyway it's it's not that difficult to envision a team catching fire after squeaking in with a losing record no definitely not I mean if you just look at the National League standings I think at, at the time the Mets lost um, on Monday 
there were only four teams in the National League who were above 500. Um, so it gives you the an idea of how bunched the standings were at that point. And if you look at, I mean, okay, so they can look at the Marlins, two and a half games ahead of them, who have obviously played better than them. But you've got to feel like if, if you can get on a roll uh, the last month of the season, that you can chase them down for that second spot in the National League East. And then I think they're even, as of yesterday at least, they were only two games out of the, the last wildcard spot. Um, so, I mean, it's a it's a forgiving landscape when you look at eight teams making the playoffs. That's a, so I think it's a whole different conversation of moving forward if you want eight teams out of each league making the playoffs and what it does to the regular season. But in this kind of crazy pandemic landscape of baseball, it's kind of exactly what you want if you're a team right on the fringes. And so... Yeah, I think it's it was one of those things where it is such an odd season that you, you felt like teams in general weren't going to take a lot of risks, um, you know, looking at uh, the, the trade deadline and what teams might do. Um, but it was also the kind of season where I don't think any there were many teams that felt like, well, we need to, you know, to really sell, you know, some pieces or, or give up on this year when you've got a month left. And, you know, if you just even go, you know, 15 and 10 or something like that over mm-hmm. the last 25 games uh you've got a decent chance to at least just get in the dance and it was it was active uh more active than i think many expected this trade deadline and the padres made maybe uh, half the moves around the league it seemed like uh, uh bringing in a, a flurry of players but you know miami they decided to buy as well go out and get starling martes and i think some teams as well that haven't been in the race uh they see opportunity and decided to jump into it a little bit. We'll get into the players that the Mets did acquire here and what their roles might be going forward right after a quick word from one of our sponsors. Our sponsor today, Manscaped, has you covered to keep the hair looking nice and trimmed, fully supported. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And that is no joke. This isn't an area to be joking about. The Premium Lawn Mower 3.0 is waterproof. It includes an LED light, so you can see you need to, and is made with advanced skin-safe TM technology, which reduces nicks and cuts on your delicates. You can get this trimmer inside their Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toning Spray. Both super practical. They smell great, too. They'll leave you smelling great. Uh, You can get the boxer briefs as well. They have optimal temperature control with their crop cooling technology, and they keep your pride and joy fully supported. The waistband is super elastic, no chafing, no rubbing. You need to try this out for yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code THEATHLETIC20. Always use the right tools for the job. All right, back here on the Metrospective. Pete McCarthy hanging with Rustin Dodd, who's uh, filling in for Tim Britton. And Rustin, Mets fans are familiar with Todd Frazier. We'll, We'll get into Torino's a little bit, but the guy that probably will be on this team the longest when you look forward is the reliever Miguel Castro. We know he's got a big arm. Kind of funny, he ended up flying with the Orioles even after he was traded uh, to Baltimore to to go against his former team now uh, as a member of the Mets here. But what are you thinking about what Castro can add to a bullpen that desperately needs some help these days? Yeah, well, I mean, he's a guy, as Brody Van Wagenen said, that 
was at the big leagues at age 22. So, you know, if a guy's getting to the big leagues at that time period or at that, that age, he's got a little bit of talent. He has a big arm. He's pitched in critical situations for the Orioles. Now, you know, caveat that he's, he's doing that for the <laughs> Orioles. So obviously there was, you know, a need there and, and maybe he was, you know, bumped up a little bit above his true talent level in terms of where he was in his career. But he, but he does have experience doing that. Um, and I think Brody said, you know, more than anything, they needed help in the bullpen right now, obviously, but he's also a guy, he's under club control for the next two seasons after this one. And they need to kind of look forward to potentially building the bullpen in 2021 as well. So they didn't just want to necessarily, you know, buy a rental for a month. You know, you, you obviously want to get a little bit more value if you're going to make a move right now. And he's a, still a young guy who's controllable for the next two years. So he's a piece in the back end of the bullpen and potentially, you know, you can maybe kind of experiment, see where he fits best kind of in, in the back end. But looking forward, maybe he's more than that um, if you get him and you get a chance to work with him and, and um, see if you can kind of unlock even, even more of that potential. Well, even if they don't unlock it, he's probably closing games for this team in a week with the way it's going, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's um, they've not discussed his role, obviously, or been all that concrete on it. But it would not be, I guess, out of the realm of possibility with how things are going. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a rough go from Edwin Diaz, uh, Daniel Batances now on the injured list as well, and of course Seth Lugo and Robert Gasselman pitching out of the rotation right now. It's uh, it's been problematic uh, for this bullpen. It was certainly evident this past weekend. And then, you know, what about a, a guy like Robinson Chirino? He's 36 years old. He's got some pop in that bat. He just hasn't showed a whole lot of that so far this year. Right. I mean, you look at the age, and I guess you can look at the, the statistics from this season. I mean, his, his batting average is in, you know, under 200. But I, he's not really played much, and it's, the sample size is very, very small. And if you look back, you know, even last season, he spent that year in Houston, his, his OPS for a catcher, I think his OPS was around 790 um, and, you know, above league average. And if you're looking at the catching position, um, even better than that. And more so, I think he's a guy that if you really if you really match him up against left handed pitching, that's where you could potentially get the, the true value. And so they liked the right handed bat. Obviously, their lineup can be a little bit lefty dominant and they so they like that maybe versatility especially off the bench um and the ability to maybe you know to put him in the lineup against left-handed pitchers you know Brody mentioned that even in the you know the last few weeks that teams have been able to kind of to stack lefties against them and been pretty effective with it so uh, Frazier fits in that mold as well we can get to him but um Chirinos obviously a guy with track record and a guy to maybe match up against left-handed pitching well, Frazier, it seems like uh, the attitude was as big a reason they brought him in as anything else. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where you you, you immediately go to that because he's been around. He was here, obviously, during the, the second half of last year and is familiar with all the guys. But really, I think uh, Brody, when he was talking to reporters yesterday, actually brought that up even before the question was asked and mentioned the sort of what he brings to a clubhouse and the vibes and um, just that he's he even mentioned, you know, just he's a guy that knows how to have fun and can potentially sort of remember or remind the guys in there what that means and how to do that. And so I think, you know, I, I think it's interesting because when you think about chemistry and all these sort of things that we always talk about with baseball teams, but you know, there, we never really know how much value to put in them, but you can, you can sort of see them. It's weird because, you know, you, 
we haven't really seen that this year. And I say we haven't because like we're, we're not in the clubhouses, right? You know, there's mm-hmm. just very what you can see with teams day in and day out. The, the access is so limited in this uh, kind of environment that you don't necessarily see all that sort of day-to-day camaraderie and how it builds and how you build up momentum. And, and maybe it's more difficult this year, too, with, um, with when you're trying to social distance in the clubhouse and guys are coming and going and not spending as much time in there, just sitting around talking, all, all those sort of things. So, you know, can it, can it have an impact? We'll, we'll see. But it, it certainly, I think they're trying to maybe just find kind of ease the tensions a little bit and bring a guy in who's loose and can maybe bring a little energy and get uh, get the team going a little bit in that way. No, I think Jeff McNeil, Pete Alonzo for two, uh, they could use a laugh right about now. You know, they, they need a, to loosen up a little bit. Maybe you bring Dave Chappelle in for a set or uh, I guess Todd <laughs> Frazier is the, the second best thing. No, definitely. There's, uh, yeah, the, he, Todd Frazier can be the confidence coach, you know, a guy to, to come in and just build people up and, and, and tell Pete Alonzo, you know, I was here last year and I remember how good you are. Um, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm talking slightly facetiously, but I'm, I mean, not even, <laughs> I'm, I mean, it, I, I think those things kind of things can actually help too. So, mm-hmm. so we'll see. Yeah. They need uh, a, a little bit of a return to what was going right last season. So, uh, you know, I do think that was part of the thinking here for the Mets. And then, you know, as far as Frazier's role goes, J.D. Davis has been out with the, the left hip injury. Is he OK? Was Frazier brought in in case Davis does need uh, some time on the injured list? Yeah, I, I, it sounds like J.D. Davis is day to day. And they said that today as well. Um, so I think he should be OK. I don't think it's going to be a, a long term thing. But I think with Frazier, it's more you have that versatility to he can play third he can play first you can get him in the lineup against lefties um you know if jd davis uh, you know does need a day or two here or there just to maybe you know get him get him off his legs i guess he can he can play third base and get in the lineup there um you know i think he's i think todd frazier's his time is going to be mostly fairly limited you know i don't think we're going to see him having regular duty but he certainly gives him more you know um I, I, you know, I, it's, it's different now, obviously with, with, uh, with the DH and maybe lesser opportunities to pinch hit, but still even, even late game kind of pitch hitting opportunities. You could see him in there doing that. So it won't just be the pom-poms for, uh, for Todd Frazier here in the, in the coming weeks, but, uh, Rustin Dodd, outstanding job covering for Tim Britton. And we'll see what the Mets can throw your way over the course of the next week. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be, uh, exciting and, uh, it will be something I do not expect.